Welcome to the Jackass Letters Podcast with your host, Christopher L. Jorgensen. I wanted to do a podcast for quite some time, so hopefully I'll be able to stick with this and uh, make something that uh, you'll enjoy listening to. And if you do, please uh, consider uh, backing me on my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash jackassletters. There's also a support link on my website with other methods of being able to uh, help out uh, supporting the website that you know and love. So please check that out if you're not a Patreon user. I've got uh, plenty of other methods of uh, showing uh, a little love my way. One of the things that I thought I would do today is uh, I'm just going to go through and read a handful of my favorite letters So the first one is to the National Miniature Donkey Association. And this is one of my Anthony Imperioli letters. Um, Anthony Imperioli is uh, just some guy, you know. Um, I've never met him, don't know him. I found him on uh, Twitter, oh, I don't know, 10 years ago. And uh, back when Twitter was brand new and there was like 16 people on it. And so we started up, you know, banter and went back and forth with tweets. And so I started using him as a character in my letters. And uh, one of the things that I really wanted to do was uh, just make up a lot of stuff about him that, I don't know, it could be true. Um, I have no idea since I've never met the man. So that gives you a little tiny backstory. So, Dear National Miniature Donkey Association, I'm all for penalizing the Canadians for being Canadian, but what I don't get is why it costs them more to join your organization if they are paying in U.S. dollars. If my friend Anthony Imperioli, he's Canadian, has to pay $45 to join your fine organization, I don't quite get why I can get in for as little as $35 if we're both paying in fine American currency. I'm not quite sure what comes with a membership to the National Miniature Donkey Association. Is this a legal requirement to get a mini donkey? I think it would be cool to surprise my friend Anthony with one of these animals. He claims he's not a cat person, but I've never met anyone that's ever claimed to not be a donkey person. He spends a lot of time drawing donkeys, mostly for me. It's why we're friends. Having a donkey that he could use as a model would probably make his drawings better. Obviously, a mini donkey wouldn't be able to carry as much weight as a full-size donkey, but how much weight can one carry? A mini donkey couldn't carry a man of my stature, but I was kind of hoping, if I got one for Anthony, that he'd be able to ride it. He's much smaller than me and has a slight frame, so he shouldn't be too heavy. Sincerely, Christopher L. Jorgensen. And now the reply. Christopher, the simple answer is that membership costs much more in postage to send our publication, The Asses Magazine, four times a year to Canada. That is the reason for the higher dues. 
the magazine is included with membership. If you are considering giving a donkey to your friend, please be sure he has the space and shelter to care for one. It's a commitment for 30 plus years. Also, a single donkey would be terribly lonely without a companion. Most people prefer two donkeys to keep each other happy. They are less noisy or likely to develop bad habits. Miniature donkeys should only be ridden by small children. They are strong enough, if trained, to pull an adult on a cart, but not on their back. Our association's publication is educational to help owners properly care for their donkeys. Best regards, Lynn, National Miniature Donkey Association. So basically she says if I'm going to send uh, Anthony a donkey, I need to send him two. Um, I never did send him a donkey, but uh, you never know. March 15th, 2012. Dear Bain Capital, I am writing to verify the employment of an individual that has stated he has worked for you in the past. Could you please verify what dates Willard Mitt Romney was employed at your company and in what capacity? If you have any recommendations regarding this employee, that would be welcome as well. Was he a hard worker? Did he show up on time and prepared for the job? Did he have a sense of urgency and professionalism? Did you value him and consider him a truthful employee? Was he generally well-dressed? Did he surpass expectations? Did he treat his wife and pets well? Was he liked and respected by his peers? In short, did he live up to his cover letter and resume? Personally, I do not doubt his statements nor his resume, but some have begun to question the veracity of Romney's claims. Would you hire this employee again if offered the chance? I find myself in the most unique position of being able to decide this individual's future employment, and, like all responsible hiring agents, I must perform my due diligence, verify he has indeed worked at Bain Capital, and hope I make the correct hiring decision. At a minimum, you must verify his hiring dates. It is hoped this position will be filled by Tuesday, November the 6th. If I do not hear from you 150 days prior, I may go with my current hire. But honestly, a lot of people are questioning how well he's working out. Sincerely, Christopher L. Jorgensen. That was a guest reading from the Jackass Letters Dead Letter Office by Cy Dawson. He can be found on Twitter at Cy Dawson. You should give him a follow. If you would like to read a letter for this podcast, just reach out and let's make it happen. August 15th, 2011. Dear Cockapoo Club of America, My friend Anthony Imperioli wants both a Cocker Spaniel and a Poodle. Unfortunately, he can't have both with his prior track record of not being able to care for more than one pet at a time. Don't even ask about the miniature donkeys. So I suggested he get a cockapoo. At first, he wouldn't believe there was any such thing. But when I showed him pictures, he instantly fell in love. Thing is, he really prefers the cocker spaniel to the poodle, so I was wondering if some cockatoos come with more cock and less poo. I figured you'd be the best people to answer this question. Please let me know 
at your earliest convenience. Sincerely, Christopher L. Jorgensen. And the reason that the cockatoo's in there is because I had a typo. And now for the reply. August 22nd, 2011. Dear Christopher, Yes, some cockapoos can have more of the cocker spaniel appearance. Most generally, you will see the cocker appearance in a second generation. Once in a while, in a first or third. But yes, there is definitely a difference. Some can have the cocker appearance, the poodle appearance, and then the preferred look, the Benji look. I have a black second generation male that was one year in May that has more of the cocker appearance. I have him on special for $250 plus shipping. He is already neutered and current on all his shots. Hope this helps. All my best, Debbie Cowdery, President, Cockapoo Club of America. So, what makes this letter so brilliant on the reply in my mind, and you're going to have to go to the website to see this, is that uh, she included a photo of said dog that was obviously just kind of cut right out of uh, a family photo and scanned. It's a little tiny black little cutie with uh, dark brown eyes, and uh, somebody's holding it up to the camera, but it was obviously a family or a group shot that they cut the dog out of. September 20th, 2010. Dear Duke Traps, I'm guessing it's not legal to set traps on my lawn to catch the kids that keep coming on it. But man, I wish it were. I'd order a big old mean-looking thing with sharper teeth and those kids would learn a thing or three. Am I right? It's not legal, is it? Or maybe it is. Maybe you have some mostly humane traps that would just stun the little urchins until the police could arrive and drag them off to juvenile detention. Snap! Either way, legal or not, I don't see how that'll matter much to you. So could you please send me a catalog? Preferably something with a lot of pictures, as I don't read too well these days. Sincerely, Christopher L. Jorgensen. And then uh, their entire reply was to send me a Xeroxed uh, page of uh, Duke Traps, America's Best Trap Value, free shipping on $100 orders or more. And uh, it just has a bunch of... uh, Giant bear traps, coon traps, badger traps, uh, long spring, coil spring, and advertisings about their uh, pelt preparation department, boots and gloves, cage traps, lures and baits. And uh, they highlighted the the Duke bear trap. So uh, um, I can either get it in the... Uh, 16 inch or the 12 inch and uh, I don't know um, they looked like they're about 175 or 298 dollars so apparently that's what you need if you want to keep kids off your lawn
I would like to take a moment to thank the Randaza Legal Group for representing jackass letters in all legal matters. I am sure that without them, I'd either be in prison by now or sued to oblivion. If I ever do find myself in prison, most likely it was because I neglected to follow Mark's advice. If I ever get sued, it'll probably be because I said something true about David Nunez. It's good to know that Randaza has my back. So here's a letter that uh, failed to get a reply. I wrote uh, Christopher Moore. He's an author that I happen to like. And so I thought I'd write him a letter and tell him I happen to like you. July 17th, 2008. Dear Mr. Moore, I really love your books, or at least the ones I've read. I bet you hear that a lot. I'm no gushing fanboy or anything, though. It's not like I would go to a convention or drive hours for an author reading. Hell, I don't even know if you go to conventions. The people at those things seem weird. But then, so do you, so maybe you wouldn't mind as much. I've read and own the following. Practical Demon Keeping, The Lust Lizard of Melancholy Cove, Fluke. And I own, but haven't read, Island of the Sequined Love Nun, Stupidest Angel. I love the scene in Practical Demon Keeping where the demon eats the hippie and throws the shoe by the side of the road. I think of hippie eating demons every time I see a single abandoned shoe or boot. It makes me laugh. I'll probably get around to reading some of your other books someday, but I just wanted to write to say keep up the good work. Sincerely, Christopher L. Jorgensen. P.S. I've included a stamp in case you feel like writing back, since I know you author types don't make as much money as people would like to think. I would have included some ramen noodles, too, but didn't think they'd fit in the envelope very well. Have a good day, sir. I used to like Dennis Miller before he became a right-wing hack. Anyway, I decided to write him a letter. Um, By then, he was already a right-wing hack, and it's hard to believe that he's been a right-wing hack for well over a decade now. Probably coming on two. May 1st, 2008. Dear Mr. Miller, Do you look back on the days when you were still funny with nostalgia? I heard you quit drinking. This seems to have been a bad career choice for you. I remember seeing you try to perform in Ames, Iowa so many years back, and you were drunker than I've ever been, and that's saying something. You are an embarrassment, but almost kind of still somewhat funny. Anyway, I was wondering how you sleep at night being a right-wing shill. If you could let me know what it feels like to be a sellout, I would be grateful since I too intend to do this someday. Oh, and anyway, I can get an autographed photo? Please dig up an old one and date it sometime back in the 90s so I can pretend like I got it before you became a hack. Thanks, Christopher L. Jorgensen. And yes, sometimes I uh, I write letters where I fully intend to never receive a, a reply, 
but uh, the actual writing and sending it is a bit cathartic. So um, I still stand by this one 12 years later. Dennis Miller, you're a hack. Okay, two more unanswered letters, and then I think I'm going to call this good for a inaugural show, and you guys let me know what you think. Thanks. So, I have a visceral dislike for uh, Dr. Oz. TV doctors just make me cringe, and uh, he hasn't gotten any better over the years. So... I don't feel bad for this one. February 11th, 2009. Dear Mehmet C. Oz, can I get an autograph photo? It's so totally cool that Time named you one of the world's most 100 influential people, but some of the people on that list are total tools. I mean, come on, Miley Cyrus, George Clooney, and Mariah Carey, what were they thinking? They should have gotten someone smarter to make that list. Someone like you. Robert Downey Jr. is pretty cool, though. I think it would rock to be a doctor, but I suck at math, chemistry, and geography, so I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be very good at it. I'm going to buy your book as soon as I get the 1779 saved up. I hope to learn a thing or two, but I'm kind of an idiot, though, so it probably won't help. I'll let you know if it does. Sincerely, Christopher L. Jorgensen. P.S. What do you think of the show House M.D.? Is working in a hospital really like that? Yeah, like I said, uh, TV doctors uh, drive me crazy. April 17th. 2008. Dear Dr. Phil, I think you are a talentless hack. Surprisingly, this is working out quite well for me, but I was still hoping you could send me an autograph photo or some other show souvenir. I would like something for my collection of items from failed talk show hosts. Thanks, Christopher L. Jorgensen. February 12th, 2009. Dear Hooters, I know a lot of people claim they come to your restaurants because of the good chicken wings, but I never hear people say things like this about Pizza Hut. Do you think that's because Pizza Hut's chicken wings suck? I'm guessing so. Personally, I go to Hooters for the great lap dances. I have yet to manage to get one from a waitress, but usually for a fiver. They will get Miguel out of the kitchen, and he does a passable job for a busboy. Sincerely, Christopher L. Jorgensen. Write a letter. Write a letter. Looking forward to your confused reply. Won't you just write a letter? Write a letter. Sincerely, Christopher L. Jorgensen. A better way to help the world maintain its absurdity than mailing unsuspecting folks with handwritten wordity. And jackass letters. And jackass letters. And jackass letters. And jackass letters. 
I'm not actively looking for sponsorships, but in the unlikely event this podcast takes off, I'm totally willing to take your money to promote a product or cause or website. Reach out and we can chat. I'm also open to minimal advertising on jackassletters.com. You can write me at sponsorships at jackassletters.com or at, you guessed it, Christopher L. Jorgensen, P.O. Box 546, Ames, Iowa, 50010. I'll do my best to reply. Podcast artwork by Kenny Durkin and the Write a Letter, Jackass Letters theme song by Josh Millard. Until next time, sincerely, Christopher L. Jorgensen.